I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome back, guys. And I've got another top five for you today. And this was requested by a fan and friend of the show and guest of the show. This was requested by Andrew Knowles of Angry Andy Reviews. Make sure you check out his YouTube channel and his Facebook page. He does amazing reviews. He does unboxing. He does all sorts of stuff. Um, you name it. He did a, a retrospective on uh, The Empire Strikes Back recently for May the 4th. Absolutely fantastic. Lovely guy. Lovely guest. And I love it when he gets angry. When he's got, you know, my favourite videos of his. They're all good. Don't get me wrong. They're all fantastic. But the best ones... You know, if you get a really crap movie or one the way he has a really negative opinion, you all the passion just comes seething out of him, uh, and it makes for a really entertaining video. So definitely check him out. Again, he's on Facebook, so you can read the reviews if you prefer to just read them, or you can watch the YouTube video. I argue the YouTube videos are better because you get a bit a sense of uh, how he feels and the passion he has against those films. So definitely check him out. So, riddle me this, Batman. What are the very best Riddler comics? Well, I have some answers for you. So, let's start. Let's just get straight into this. The Riddler is probably the most underappreciated, underrated, underexposed... Well, maybe he's overexposed, who knows? Batman villain there is. You know, probably supervillains... I think a lot of people think that the Riddler is a cheap rip-off of the Joker. Um, that, you know, the, the gimmick is that he is like the Joker. But I, I'd argue the Joker is a very, very different character compared... Like, the way that the, the Joker has evolved over time in the way that the Riddler has evolved over time. You know, the Joker is a homicidal maniac. You don't know what he's doing from one day to the next. However, the the Riddler has has a, you know, a modus operandi. He always leaves riddles or it's based on a riddle or there's a puzzle or an enigma uh, or a conundrum or a death trap that you have to somehow figure out. The, there is method to his madness. The Joker has no method you know it's one day he's you know he's squirting the people with water the next day squirting them with sulfuric acid you know he's a very different character yeah obviously riddles and jokes are probably not too far removed from each other but i think that the essence of his character and, and who he is and the riddle of his own you know obsessive compulsive disorder is interesting he's you know he's obsessive compulsive he's an egotist he loves himself he has to be the smartest guy in the room or he loses his shit doesn't like people touching him he doesn't like people coming near him he's he's very specific and almost almost maybe on a on a autistic spectrum level like he has to have things his way and when he doesn't have them his way that's when he loses it like and I, I personally prefer Riddler when he's not this kind of manic, you know, like, <laughs> you know, when he's not like that. I think when he's suave and cool and calm and collected, when he wears a suit, 
you know that's the that's the riddler i like the one who who knows he's amazing who knows he has all the answers but really it's all the questions that matter it's the questions that have, hold the power not necessarily the answers for him and it's it's a fun he's a fantastic character and i've really got kind of the whole world is probably familiar with the you know his catchphrases and him being a Riddler, you know, Jim Carrey's version in Batman Forever, Frank Gorshin from the Batman TV show, all, you know, all good or bad in their own ways, you know. Um, but for me, like, when I when I think of all the Batman characters, and I when I think of the classic version of those characters, I always go back to the Batman the Animated Series version of those characters. For me, those are the quintessential versions of those characters. And and obviously when you go into a comic book, it's not always the case. Obviously they play around with the origins, they reboot them, they alter them here and there. And I, I like that. I like a different spin on the, on the old characters. But when I think about those characters, when I think about the Scarecrow or Killer Croc or, um, you know, Ra's al Ghul, I will always go back to... Batman the Animated Series because they just nailed those characters so well and so much that they've become iconic in my mind that I can't not hear those voices those voice actor voices when I read those comics you know and I can't remember who played him now uh, in the animated series but he's the same guy who was Lionel Luther and he also played the Floronic Man. It's Lionel Luther in Smallville. He played the Floronic Man in Batman and Robin. Can't think of his name. And he was um oh Savannah, uh, Doctor Savannah's dad as well. Oh, I can't remember his name. Don't worry about it. He's fantastic. Um, I actually think that the Riddler's actually been portrayed better in animated projects. You know, Batman Hush, the animated film. Um, I liked. You know. Any any version from any episode from Batman the animated series, I think it's if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Um, and Riddler's Reform, and there's another one as well. I think it's a reality something reality. What is reality? I'm gonna say that's the episode. Those are you know that's a nice little trilogy if you're looking for Riddler stories. Definitely check those out. Classic. Um, I'm not sure where Batman the Animated Series is available. I think you can just buy it or download it on Amazon, perhaps. Go wherever you want to find it. But for me, I think that's. I think the idea of the riddles kind of works a bit more um, away from the page. No, well, no, I disagree, actually. Um, I'm disagreeing myself. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. And me! Uh, so, but yeah, let's get started. I think he's a. Yeah, I think he's an interesting character. I, I, the Arkham games as well. Oh my god fantastic version of the Riddler in that that's just and again written by Paul Dini who was one of the main writers on Batman the Animated Series as well so it just goes to show that that version is the for me that's the strongest version there's ever been you know there's a lot of inspiration from the Animated Series in the Arkham games and it shows and that's just it's a labour of love to me because everybody loves that show and you have to because it's fantastic so let's get started. So Andy, I'm bringing you the top five Riddler stories. And for the first one, I'm going to go all the way back. Um, I believe it's uh, the 1950s, I think this was this came out. Now this is the Riddleless Robberies of the Riddler. Um, this is from Batman Volume 1, 179. So going back some time now. So this was reprinted recently in the Batman Arkham. The Riddler, so that's a, a collection of um, basically he, s- single or two issue stories throughout the kind of the career and kind of length of the character throughout the 70 plus 80 years he's been around, however long it's been, um, starting from his original first appearance all the way up to some of his more modern appearances in Rebirth or New 52. Definitely check it out. It's got some good stories in there. 
Um, and this is probably the best one. This early tale features a recently escaped Riddler who's got out of prison and Batman and Robin are expecting him to uh, basically to, to give him a riddle because that's what he does. That's who he is. He can't help himself. He can't help giving out these riddles. We'll just we'll just hang fire. We'll just hang fire. We'll wait. You know, he, he won't do, you know, it's like a ransom. You know, you've got to wait for a demand. There's no point just kidnapping somebody and not giving them a ransom. So so they they wait. And after escaping, the Riddler figures, why do I have to leave riddles? Why don't I leave? Why don't I just do these amazing capers, pull off these incredible crimes? Why does somebody have to know? Why do I have to claim? Why does it have to be me? Why does it have to be all about me? You know, um, so he decides I'm going to do robberies without leaving a riddle. That's going to be my new thing. Um, so what he does, he gets a few psychology books and he basically self-cure, cure thyself um, of his, you know, his affliction um, of his psych- psychopathy or his obsessive compulsive need to leave riddles and to be superior to, to Batman and the police. But someone is leaving clues for Batman. But who could it be? Who could it possibly be? If the Riddler's not doing it, then who could it be? Could it be another henchman? Could it be somebody else? Who is leaving these clues? And eventually Batman slowly but surely catches up to the Riddler. And the Riddler's couldn't, can't believe it. He's like, how did you even know? How can you figure out all the where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it without any riddles? And Batman's like, well, we've had these riddles. Someone's been leaving us riddles. We thought it was you. And he's like, no, no, I, I, I said I swore off riddles. I will never riddle again. Yeah, he's kind of nonplussed. And then he realises that subconsciously, when he's been going to sleep, he's having these these kind of cat naps a lot. He's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to have another nap. In his kind of, he's almost sleep writing riddles and sending them to Belize, doing it without even consciously knowing what he's doing, which is kind of quite fascinating in a way. And he kind of, he kind of walks away and gets locked up in absolute kind of disbelief that even though he made a conscious effort to not not leave these riddles subconsciously, he is leaving these riddles. That is what he's doing. Like this is the first kind of story that implied that he couldn't help himself, that he can he has to leave these riddles. Like that's that's who he is. That's can't he can't that's part of his DNA almost, that he has to leave these riddles. You know, he, it's a, this obsessive compulsive behaviour. There's there's no way to stop that. And this is the first comment that really said that he had to. There was nothing before said that he, you know, obviously he was this crazy, wild, wacky supervillain, but nothing said that he couldn't, you know, stop or, you know, it started to address his issues, his, his psychology and the way he is and the way uh, he responds to the world and the stimulus and the stimuli that he's given. And it was fantastic. And I think it's quite ahead of its time, actually, in those kind of, you know, those early tales for Batman. I wanted to have an early one, but I wanted to have one that was kind of a nice kind of twist. It's a short story, but, you know, it's interesting enough. It's fun enough. It's got a lot of kind of, you know, whiz bang pop, very, very, you know, of that era um kind of batman story but it was it was uh, it's definitely a, a fun one and definitely worth kind of looking into but yes yeah, so moving on now number four is dark knight dark city from batman volume one 452 to 454 so yeah we've we've jumped a few years since the first one uh this is written by Pete. Oh, did i say he wrote the first one oh, i didn't even write down he wrote the first one that's bad isn't it mm. 
Oh well. Um, so this one was written by Peter Milligan and Kieran. Uh, the with art by Kieran Dwyer. So this is quite a popular Batman tale. This has actually been reprinted three times, uh, as far as I know. So that's reprinted in DC Comics presents Batman Dark Knight Dark City, Batman Dark Knight Dark City, and Batman the Cape Crusader. These are all available again on Comicsology or physical, or single issues if you want to hunt them out. So yeah, so this is definitely the most dark and disturbing Riddler story ever written, by far. Like, he is utterly maniacal in this one. And I think that's probably why it's the most popular, because it kind of feeds into that the the darkness and the uh, and the dark theming of the Batman stories at the time, the kind of re reworking, rejinging characters. You know, this is post post crisis, so everything has been rebooted and re reworked to get, give it a different feel. And Batman especially got a lot darker, even though it was fairly dark already. It got even darker. Um, so so yeah, it opens up with. A character called Jacob Stockman and famous Thomas Jefferson and some other cultists. And they're attempting to summon a demon called uh, Barbathos or Barbatos uh, via a sacrifice. So this young girl has been hypnotised, drugged, and this is during the ceremony of the bat. And this is on the outskirts of kind of old Gotham in 1762. So a very long time ago. Jump forward to modern day. Um, we have the Riddler. And he finds the book, which is basically a diary from Stockman, who confesses to, you know, doing all these horrible things, sacri- blood sacrifices and all this other stuff, and, and kind of explains how they did it and, and what they need to do to complete the, the ceremony, uh, which they don't end up doing in the story because... Uh, something happens, causes a fire, and they all have to run away. Um, so they never, never kind of finish that ceremony. So the Riddler decides, after reading this diary, he's like, I'm going to finish this ceremony. I want this power. I want a demon at my beck and call. Why the fuck not? Yeah, not very Riddler-esque, this story, but still really, really good. So like I said, this is not your grandfather's Riddler. Modus operandi still is the same. He's still leaving riddles. But he is bloodthirsty in this like he doesn't care whether you live or die he is full-on psychotic he's al- he almost is a bit more like the the modern joker or what i perceive the joker to be in this story for example he he drugs a woman to fall off a roof deliver a message and fall off a roof blows up his own henchman for no real reason uh hangs a policeman and then probably the most disturbing and memorable part of the story is that he places a ping pong ball down the throat of an infant child. Yeah, pretty pretty fucked up, this story. <laughs> but that's kind of what makes it interesting. There's a lot of kind of traps and death traps and um, and situations that Batman has to find his way out of, and <clears throat> he almost causes um, Batman to, to, to kill children, to kill things. Like, all these innocent people are just dying left and right, all, all due to the kind of Riddler. You know, he kidnaps a whole bunch of infant children and it's just dark and disturbing. And to be fair, it's a story dealing with, you know, a demon. Um, so it's bound to be a little bit. But it kind of what the Riddler manages to do is he actually manages to get Batman to do his dirty work. He gets him to play all the rights for the ritual and helps to kind of almost give birth to this demon again and to, to bring this demon into the world. Now, we do, like... 
the Riddler's kind of been sort of possessed and manipulated by the demon to complete this, um, these these rituals and these rites to complete the ritual. Um, so it's kind of hinted that he's not really in control. He's you know he's not really behind the driving wheel in the story. Um, but it still makes for an entertaining read. It's it's dark and disturbing, but I, I sometimes like my Batman stories dark and disturbing and, and full of horror, you know, and he's fighting zombies and vampires and monsters and werewolves and stuff. You know, I, I like a I like a good gothic Batman tale. That's you know, it's part of who he is. Um and you know, you can have you can tell so many different kind of stories of Batman. And I think this is a really good one. Now what's really interesting as well is at the end it's hinted um, Batman speaks to the demon, or he believes he's speaking to the demon, at the very least, after being drugged. And the demon says that he... like You get this monologue throughout about Gotham, and about the Dark Knight, and his creation, this this, this unknown kind of monologue. Uh, and that turns out to be the demon who is like, I am Gotham. The ritual made the, the demon kind of seethe into the, the bedrock of Gotham, and he affected it's it, the way it is it affects the the evil and the crime and the horrible stuff that happens in Gotham and he he says that batman is is his finest creation basically this dark brooding avenger that guards Gotham from the worst and he says you would be nothing you you are not who you are without me i created you finish this ritual and bring me back in full and yeah so it's quite an interesting kind of idea you know, you can take it with a pinch of salt. You can you can believe it or you can not believe it. You know, you can believe the Riddler was behind it. You believe the demon was behind it. Who knows? It's up to you. But it's it's a fun bit, fun read, fun gothic horror. You know, it's it's like you know Seven or something almost, kind of that sort of storyline, um, with a lot more kind of mysticism and 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 occult rituals and sacrifices and you know demonic elements. Um, but it's a really good story, really fun and. And I, I I like it. Again, you might not see it. This is no, this is the most probably the least Riddler esque story there is, but I felt that it was so unique and so so famous and so you know almost controversial or infamous that I kind of had to include it. And I like it personally. I understand if other people don't, but this is one of my definitely one of my favorites. Okay, next up is A New Dawn from Batman Confidential Volume 1, 26 to 28. This is written by Nunzio de Filippis, Christina Weir, with art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Uh, this is reprinted in, I think a better title for it, is uh, Batman King Tut's Tomb. So this storyline reintroduces a silly uh, Batman villain from the Adam West TV show. So this is, if you remember King Tut, he was this crazy guy who thought he was a an Egy- a reincarnated Egyptian uh, pharaoh, uh, fat guy, white guy. I was always kind of a bit of a silly, kind of silly esque uh, Batman villain. So what they do here is they revamp and reintroduce this character, who's a it was a museum curator who took a bump on the head and and is a bit more like deadly. Um, has deadly weapons. Is is, is physically very capable. Uh, not fat anymore. Um, you know, gives Batman a run for his money. And he has a hobby um, of giving out riddles before he kills people or before he injures them. During this story, he's killed a couple of people, and they're trying to. Batman's struggling to find connections or predict where these these the next person is going to be killed or murdered, or you know what what the riddle is going to be left, or you know where it's going to be put. But yeah, the the people he either leaves a note or he leaves 
um, leave somebody alive to give the riddle to and leave them as it lead them uh, into the clue of where and what's going to happen next. So straight away, Batman's like, well, it's riddles. So let's go and see Mr. Nigma, shall we? Um, he was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, the riddles. <laughs> Gordon's like, yeah, oh, yeah, that guy. So they go and Riddler's like, what the hell? Someone's leaving riddles and it's not me. This will never do. So uh, so he's like, right, we must we must uh, team up. Get me out of this cell and I'll come and help you. Um, and Batman's like, absolutely not. I'm not having a criminal like you run around um, and be potentially dangerous in, in the city currently. <laughs> and he's like, well, no, but I can predict them. And he, he does actually predict, manage to predict them. But they obviously they think he's behind it or he's working with someone or he's, or he's managing to escape his cell every time. So there's no trust there, absolutely. And then the Riddler turns up at one of the crimes and confronts King Tut himself. And they have a they have a fight. And then Batman jumps in and attacks the Riddler because he thinks he's the perpetrator. And he's like, no, there's a guy here. Look, it's King Tut. He's like, oh, right. Um, so, so, yeah. And they begrudgingly decide to team up together. This is a really good story because I think there's a lot of good stories out there where the Riddler is not potentially a villain, but more a supporting character like uh, Long Halloween or, um, you know, some of the Paul Dini stories like Enigma Consulting Detective, which is also in Batman Arkham, the Riddler and Gotham City Sirens as well. He plays the detective role in that as well. But yeah, I think he does work quite well as a supporting character. You know, it wouldn't be it doesn't work as well like when the Batman teams up with the Joker because, you know, for it'll never work out. But there's a potential that, you know, he's, he's a bit more meaningful. He can talk to him. He can communicate on a level. Uh, and they have the, it's almost like a buddy cop movie. And it works really well. Kind of like 48 hours. Think 48 hours, but with more riddles and more Egyptian theming. But it's really good. And the banter is so on point. There's so much fun. Um, it's, like a, it's like a great bit where the Riddler's like... Um, it was like, yeah, I know that. Like Batman's going, he's trying to tell Batman something. He's like, oh, that's from this and from this. And he was like, I know. And he's like, I don't just punch people, you know. <laughs> I am a detective, you know. And Riddler's like, yeah, we can do this more often. We can, I can be your new Robin. And he's like, yeah, sure. Um, and like get in the car, like to the Batmobile and things like that. But obviously, things aren't always as they seem in these stories, which is the same with any kind of Riddler story. There may be more questions asked or more riddles but it's a it's a fun read it's a nice short read yeah, the art is is gorgeous jose garcia oh gosh i've forgotten his name already jose jose luis garcia lopez is a classic batman artist nolan i think it's kevin nolan on inks so it kind of has a little bit of that as well but he's a he's an artist that's been in, in DC, uh, Superman specifically, and Batman, uh, the two big ones he drew, and it's great to see him working on this. And this is just an it's just an excellent story. It's a fun story, um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun to be had. The Riddler obviously trying to be the smartest guy in the room, um, and trying to outdo the police, King Tut. You know, James Gordon, Batman. He's trying to stay one step ahead as well, and. and it's a really interesting story, and it you know it goes in some some different places, and it was nice to see the Riddler in this kind of role, in a really good story in this role. Absolutely love the story. Actually, I think I actually bought it when I when I was with you at uh, Wales Comic Con, Andy. Um, nobody else would remember this, but <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I think I bought it then. So so it was a really good story and worth worth getting clearly because it made my list. All uh, right, moving on. So this is number we're on number three now. Number three. So this is Questions Multiply the Mystery. This is Detective Comics Annual Volume 1, 
issue 8 from 1995. Um, this was a year where they were doing basically year one stories. So it was all set around the kind of year, Batman year one era, usually the first appearance, all their origin stories. So I think they did one for Poison Ivy, Scarecrow, maybe Two-Face as well, possibly. Um, there is a collection of all those annuals. Uh, can't think off the top of my head what it's called. Four of a Kind, maybe? Batman Four of a Kind? Go for that. Go for that. Anyway, so this is written by Chuck Dixon and with art by Kieran Dwyer again. So Chuck Dixon is one of the best Batman writers of the 90s. He wrote almost all... Him and Greg Rooker, I think, were the, probably two of the most prolific writers um, Ed Brubaker as well, and a few other kind of Batman writers. There's a lot of Batman titles and and you know spin-off titles and characters, as you all know. Um, but those are the ones I kind of think about uh, when I'm thinking about '90s Batman, good '90s Batman. And and Batman was really good in the '90s, so there was a lot of good stuff. So fair enough. So this is basically it starts with the Riddler in the cell, and the psychologists are questioning. You know, they're trying to figure him out, uh, psychoanalyze him. And figure out why he does what he does, who he is, what's his backstory, you know, why did he come to this? What childhood trauma could have brought about this obsessive compulsion for riddling and puzzles and crosswords and all this sort of stuff? So we find out that it is an origin story. Um, So he reveals his origin to them. Um, So he was an unnoticed child from everybody. Nobody ever noticed him, including his parents. And he always wanted a way that he'd get people's attention. He wanted, he craved that need for attention. And look at me, look how great I am, look how smart I am. I'm the best. So he found out that the school were having a competition about who was the who would be the quickest to put a puzzle together. So they'd go in a room, they would be timed, and the kid that came away with putting the the puzzle together the quickest would win the prize. Eddie Nigma. Enigma, knowing that he wouldn't be able to do that, he snuck into the school, took a photo of the jigsaw puzzle, and then practiced putting it back together again. And he got quicker and quicker and quicker, and then the day of the competition, he did it in like no time at all, and won the prize. And the prize was a book of puzzles, crosswords, word searches, conundrums, riddles, puzzles, you name it. Just one of those kind of puzzle, old school puzzle books. And he loved it and he got obsessed and he wanted to know everything. Now, what's not mentioned in this story, but it's mentioned in quite a lot, is that he was he suffered from child abuse. Like his dad was would beat him when he thought he was outsmarting him or cheating, even though, you know, Eddie was was very intelligent. Um, I'm not sure if that's maybe a later thing, maybe a New 52 or a rebirth thing, or or more details would come out, but it's not it's not mentioned here, but and I think it's kind of it's kind of good that it isn't. I don't think every supervillain needs to have a childhood abuse story. Uh, there is a lot of those kind of knocking about. It's like he's evil. Oh, it must have been child child abuse, and then they're like beaten by their parents and stuff. I think obviously it's a horrible thing for any child to go through, but I don't think that's all. That should always be the reason for supervillains to become supervillains. I think you've got a lot more ways to tell that story. Anyway, so yeah, so he, he becomes obsessed and starts doing like sleight of hand magic tricks. Obviously he gets more attention, but he also gets more attention from the bullies now than he ever did. Um, eventually he grows up and he's a, he's a delivery man, he's working. Again, craving that attention, being bored, he decides that he has to feed his egomania. And he realises that he can actually construct very elaborate thefts and, and burglaries. Um, so he manages to to do all that and he gets away with it and he's like 
he stand there and he, he stands there and he's waiting for people to turn up to try and catch him or to so he could outsmart them again. And he's, and he's like, "What's the point in this? I'm I'm this is my best work. This is incredible. Why is no one seeing this? Why is no one appreciating that I'm the most amazing criminal ever?" And and so then he gets the idea that he's going to create a persona, and he's going to leave notes for the police. And then Gordon, Lieutenant Gordon, starts getting them. Um, he's like, what is this? What am I supposed to do? He bumps into his two henchwomen, Query and Echo, and hires them in. And they're these kind of dominatrixy type dressed criminals, um, I guess. I, I believe I believe in another story there is like a dominatrix club that Batman and the Riddler go to at one point, And he says that they used to frequent there. So again, he starts to... He starts to manage to pull off these robberies as well and leave the riddles. And the persona of the Riddler gets him kind of more... Basically, steals like a million dollars or something. He gets away with like two million dollars. Um, so all the criminals are like... Initially, the criminal community are like, you're, you're an idiot, you're weird. Why would you leave them clues? Why would you tell them who you are and where you're going? You know, it doesn't make any sense. And they start turning around. Naturally, you go, bloody hell, you stole two million dollars. Oh, we we need you, or we'll hire you, or you can plan our things. You we'll, we'll join your gang and things like that. So he, he becomes quite the quite the notable, infamous character in Gotham. Um, and his, you know, and she's they've got the strong arm. She's got the he's got the strong armed muscle with Query and Echo. Um, you know, they they're good at martial arts. They you know they do all the things he can't basically, uh, which is cool. I like I like that he has kind of almost like two Harley Quinns, if you will. You know, before Harley Quinn was even a thing. Yeah, it's it's a really good story. It's fun and. It's a good origin story. I think everyone loves a good origin story, and this is the best Riddler origin story. Um, you can buy it. Uh, you can again buy the single issue itself as well on eBay or Amazon. Um, should be able to find it somewhere. Um, but yeah, really good story. Uh, obviously, he's caught by Batman at the end. He's kind of uh, obsessed. He becomes obsessed with Batman as well. He becomes obsessed with outsmarting the man who outsmarted him. Uh, and it becomes like a massive game of chess for him. Like, who's how many moves ahead is he, or how many moves behind is he, and and what if you do this, and how do the riddles, you know, uh, every riddle has a riddle within itself for him. And and in the end, he's kind of when he's captured, he's kind of sat in his cell and he's trying to figure out the riddle of his own insanity, which is uh, an answer he may not never get. He may not ever find the answer to his own insanity. Um, yeah, fantastic story by a fantastic Batman writer. Would expect no less from Chuck Dixon. Definitely check that out. Any Chuck Dixon stuff is good shit for me, Batman-wise. All the Robin uh, stuff, um, the Tim Drake Robin series is really good. Um, yeah, any anything by Chuck Dixon. Did some good Punisher stuff as well. Um, and and other stuff. He's written G.I. Joe, I think, in recent years. But yeah, awesome awesome writer with some awesome work. And that is what, definitely one of his best Okay, number one. So this is the best Riddler story. Now, this is quite a recent one, and it is considered... Yeah, you know, A lot of people said when this started, they went, you know what, Rid- the Riddler has finally got a good story. The Riddler has finally got a good story. And that's not fair, because there are other good Riddler stories. But this is the one that they point out as, as the best. And with good reason. Um, so this is Zero Year. So this is from Batman Volume 2, 23 to 27, and issues 29 to 33. So this is basically a reimagining of year one. So this is not, for me, this is not only the best Riddler story, but one of the best Batman stories as well. Forget year one. Forget Batman year one. You know, that hasn't happened. This is Batman year zero, or zero year. 
Um, so Bruce Wayne comes back. It's a, it's a new reinterpretation of the origin. It's a new take. It's new ideas. New everything. Um, Bruce Wayne starts back. He's starting his his battle against the criminal underbelly of Gotham. Um, for example, he is battling the Red Hood gang, which is really cool. And obviously, the Red Hood, Red Hood number one, turns into somebody else. Um, I won't spoil it, but you, you probably know. So, so yeah, you've got that, and uh, there's a few other characters like you get a penguins in it a little bit. There's a character called Doctor Death as well, uh, who was is quite an obscure kind of kind of Batman villain, like an early obscure Batman villain, like a, like a Hugo Strange or a, a Mad Monk. He was around like in the early 30s before like the Joker and Catwoman and all those characters came along. But he's really disturbing in this story. My God. But yeah, so so basically all those characters are there and they're they're doing what they're doing, but actually behind everything, you know, moving those those chess pieces again, it's a riddler. He is pulling all the strings. You know, he's he's puppeteering everything, every little thing that happens, and he is so many steps ahead of Batman. It's ridiculous. This is a young Batman. This is an inexperienced Batman who doesn't know his modus operandi, can't predict things, can't work stuff out, and has to try and work his way and it's a difficult thing and he's constantly failing and that's what this whole story is about is batman is constantly failing and then maybe that's and and that's what he kind of realizes within the stories like it's not about winning it's about constantly failing and just carrying on almost getting killed and keep going basically what happens is the riddler manages to take control of gotham like the entire uh, city grid you know the, it can power stuff on power stuff off he's got all these kind of death traps laid about he has these these drones with massive guns you know shooting people with these massive chain guns and everything and everything that that has that has come before this was leading up to this and of course he is He's in control of Gotham. He's he's used Poison Ivy, Pamela Isley. He's not Poison Ivy just yet, but used her formula, and and Gotham is now no has no power, no running water, like there's and it's overgrown with these plants. Like it looks like a post-apocalyptic kind of world, post-apocalyptic nightmare, and it's a great story. It's just so so good. It's it's like it's Scott Snyder doing what he does best. He's one of the best modern Batman comic writers there is. You know, Court of Owls, Death in the Family, and then he followed it up with this, which is also bloody excellent. And he he makes the Riddler this... He's a genius. He's a computer genius. He can hack into everything. He just knows the ins and outs of everything. He's so clever. In this story, he's smarter than Batman. He's smarter than everybody. He is. Deep down, that's it. He is genius, genius, genius level. I love that this whole thing is just orchestrated by him. And again, he's this suave, collected, suit-wearing, you know, genius who even after all this, after, you know, getting control of Gotham and maybe even destroying Gotham at one point in the story, you know, he still has to prove his intellect. He still has to prove his, you know, his smarts to everybody. So what he does, he says, if anyone can give me a riddle I can't answer then, you know, you can have the city back. You know, those are my rules. Play by me. It's almost like he's kind of like... It's a less bloodthirsty saw. You know, like Jigsaw from the Saw movies. It's almost like that. You know, you have to play these games and and follow the rules. But... That's the thing with the Riddler is he sometimes cheats as well. So that's kind of that's the interesting thing when he even when he's when he's losing or it looks like he might lose he might cheat. So and I I, can't, I quite like that with with Two Face as well when he actually does kind of cheat. 
when he cheats the coin technically kind of like plays within his own rules but that's that's the the great kind of thing about this story is that he's a match for batman he is more than a match for batman i think that's the, this story proves it in and this is kind of like you know we're talking like 12 issues or so uh this story covers or something i think it's 12 issues but this is this is a whole year this is a year of gotham it's not a usual story it's very bright and vibrant uh, it's very pop pop art it's not a dark grim disturbing kind of you know there there, there is that element there are those elements because there's batman but there's a lot it's a lot of bright colors as well and it's nice to see that and I love Year One, don't get me wrong, but I think this is a really, really good, one of my favourite reinterpretations of his origin, um, which there's not, like, there's there's ten a penny of Superman, ten a penny of Batman, they're trying to do new spins on it, but this is the one that actually does something, and does it interesting, and tells a great story, a new story, it's something different, you know. We see a lot of Gotham in daytime, which is something you very rarely see in a lot of Batman comic books. I love it, I thought it was great. The artwork is gorgeous uh, by Capello, Greg Capello. Uh, Capullo? Capello? It's just brilliant. Uh, and it's great to see him as this kind of technological terrorist, the Riddler, in this. But you can't, you know, it, and it's just, he's just suave and he's so overconfident and so arrogant and he's just so relaxed in it. And that's what I like. And then it's only like, it's only after, again, it's, it's, he's so relaxed and calm, but then when he loses or when he loses his cool or when he, you know, he looks like they're going to outsmart him, he looks like someone's going to win. That's when I like it. That's when he kind of, he breaks that, that cool you know, I'm I'm the best, I'm the most, you know, I'm the top ranked in the class, I've got the best marks, you know, that kind of person, the kind of snobby, you know, prefect, you know, that brown nosing to the teacher type, that character, like a Randall from Recess or something. <laughs> I don't know why I pulled that reference out of my ass, but there you go. But it's a fantastic story. If you just want a good Batman story, this is go here. It's really, really good. You want a good Batman origin story that is not year one go for zero year because it's just great and it's nice to see the riddler at the height of his powers like the the best he can possibly be right that is my top five andy i hope you liked it I hope everybody else enjoyed it i hope you're gonna delve into some riddler-esque stories Edward Enigma stories. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the new Batman movie. I know he's been cast, so I hope they're going to do something that I... the the interpretation of the Riddler I prefer. I do hope that. But I'm going to give you some honourable mentions. I do have quite a few, actually. So... Um, Catwoman When in Rome it's a really good story that is written and drawn by the same team uh, from Long Halloween and Dark Victory um, and it's set between the two stories and it follows Catwoman kind of finding out about her parentage and who her, who her family are um, which is really good uh, Riddled from Detective Comics 705 and 707 um, so this features the Clue Master who is you know, we say we say the Joker's you know say the Riddler's a, a rip off of the Joker. The Clue Master is, was designed to be a rip off of the Riddler, and they decide to team up. But obviously, the Riddler doesn't particularly like the idea that he steals all the stuff, steals all his his panache and all his his his, uh, his shtick. Doesn't like him stealing his shtick, so so he decides to strap a bomb to him. And Batman and Robin and Oracle have to figure out the the riddles before he dies. <laughs> uh, we've got Solitaire, which is a sequel to Zero Year from Batman Volume Two Twenty Three Point Two. Um, so this is a it's all told from the Riddler's perspective. And and he kind of breaks into uh, Wayne Enterprises, and yeah, it's kind of it's interesting because there's 
you get to see kind of the inside of how he works and and when he holds grudges and and how he can just literally just saunter through. Uh, it's kind of like a heist comic, which is really good as well. It's, it's an interesting kind of uh, tale for the Riddler and to see him in that role. Uh, check that one out. Uh, the Riddle Factory is where he has a, a game show and is, is revealing saucy secrets about um, Gotham's elite class uh, and the people that make the most money. And they end up, they end up because of that, they end up either killing themselves or they end up dead in one other reason. I think one of them is having an affair, so his wife kills him. Hush, Batman Hush, obviously. Uh, again, I won't spoil that too much if you've not if you're not aware of it. Nightfall. There's a couple of nice Riddler issues. Um, there's a common element of Riddler stories where they're constantly kind of making the loser villain, which I think is unfair, but. You know, if you like a loser villain story, you know, it's pretty good in Nightfall. Uh, Gotham City Sirens, so that's kind of the Enigma consulting detective stuff. Uh, Riddle Me That is where they give the Riddler a kind of a sexy makeover. Uh, and that's from Legends of the Dark Knight, 185 to 189. I, th- I think if I remember rightly, he kind of gets away with the whole thing. Um, who knows? Who knows? Um, so these are these ones. These are a couple I haven't read, but I've heard are good. The War of Jokes and Riddles, which is kind of a gang war between the Joker and the Riddler. Run Riddler Run. Uh, again, I'm not too familiar with that one, but I've heard it's pretty good. Uh, Secret Origins Special Number One by Neil Gaiman. Um, so if you're familiar with Neil Gaiman, he does like a little mini comic, uh, mini story about the Riddler, and it's quite it's quite good. And you can you actually leave with more questions than answers. So that's how well it's written. Uh, Impulse Volume One Forty Eight. Um, so the Riddler, after No Man's Land, decides to come to uh, where Impulse lives. I think it's one of the city's gateway. One of, one of the Flash cities, maybe. Wherever he lives. And basically, Impulse is a stupid kid. And he's trying to answer these riddles. But he can't answer the riddles. And it just it just really frustrates Nigma, And it's really funny. And then and he's like, oh yeah, if you don't, do, if you don't answer my riddle, I'm going to blow up this guy. And he's like, oh, here's the bomb, by the way. Zip, zip, zap. You know, he's that, he's that quick. And he's like, no, but, but my riddle. No, answer my riddle. So it's quite a funny, humorous tale. Uh, if you want to see the, the Riddler really frustrated uh, like a stupid kid, it's a fantastic little story. So yeah, that's it. Uh, again, hope you enjoyed that, Andy. It's definitely worth it. I had a lot of fun kind of researching this so so yeah it was a it was a good blast and uh, i have a, a newfound love for the riddler which i didn't think i would have at the end of this so give it give it a go um i mean he's, a, he's an old enough character that he's got enough stories but those are the ones i'd recommend so you guys can find me at uh, facebook so that's at secret balls on facebook twitter is at dan underscore balls instagram spider dan secret balls and um, the podcast is available on podbean apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify youtube many many more and if you'd like to donate towards the podcast you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash spider down the secret balls and don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle goodbye everybody goodbye <laughs> everybody